Have you, a friend, or family member ever considered writing a book and getting it published? Well, I have the perfect idea for you. You should contact Wasteland Press. Wasteland Press is a self-publishing book company, and since they started in 2000, they have published over 4,000 book titles. That's right, over 4,000 book titles, and they make money from your book, not you, and they work for you non-stop, full-time. You can sell your free copies when it's all said and done to make an investment off of your book, and there is no other publishing company that can offer that. They provide full-service publishing for you and your book, which includes the cover design and formatting. And they also have a plan that can fit your budget, which includes the basic plan, the silver plan, the gold plan, the platinum plan, and the ultimate plan. If you want to find out more about these plans, you can contact them at 502-437-0860. That's 502-437-0860. And if you want to request a publishing guide, you can contact them at wastelandpress.net. Do it. You won't regret it. Make your dreams come true with Wasteland Press. Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. I am Tyler Goff and I'm here with Tim Renfro and there is a lot to get to today. Um, we had just had the first weekend of college football. Kentucky pulled out a victory. There's a there's still a lot of other things to cover. Uh, there are some overrated teams. There are some teams that I think are very underrated. Teams that have improved. Um, but one thing I do want to get to so far or right now is uh, Louisville is currently playing Notre Dame. Uh, both teams started out on fire, especially Louisville. It caught me by surprise. Uh, uh, Jawan Pass, uh, the junior who had a terrible year last year through eight touchdowns and 12 interceptions, uh, he started out good running the ball. Uh, started out three for five passing with 35 yards, um, not too shabby. Uh, and since then, he hasn't been good. And now it's uh, halftime. It was 21-14. Uh, now it's 28-14. And, um, you know, for Louisville, I think really what you can – I mean, you can at least be happy that it's not a complete boat blowout so far. Um, but, you know, I think for Louisville fans this year – it's going to have to you got they're definitely going to have to temper their expectations because obviously Juan Pass has not improved at all um and he the last time I checked he was 5 for 16 passing and only 63 yards i mean so and i just you know if you're Louisville going forward and it, if Juan Pass continues to struggle at some point as a coach you're going to have to ask yourself why am i still playing him at least give us uh, some other guys a chance. And there was a Louisville All-Access show before um, to today's game. It was yesterday or something, either yesterday or today or whatever. But they gave, Louisville gave grades for each practice for the quarterback. And the Juwan Pass, who started today, did not get a higher grade than Malik Cunningham, who Malik Cunningham is a very athletic guy. He's uh, he's definitely more of a runner than he is a passer. But it seems to me, and that, but he got hurt. But it seems to me that, you know, the only reason that Jawan Pass got the starting nod tonight is because Malik Cunningham may still be injured and he's just not ready to go. And uh, just your, what are your uh, thir- uh, first thoughts about Louisville? You know, they got off to a hot start, and I mean, do you think they can eventually get their offense rolling? Not in this game. But do you think there can be some work done to kind of fix this offense? No, I think the quarterback is a disaster for him. Um, he's throwing about 33% right now. He's got about 96 yards. Uh, the running game's doing really well. However, uh, the running game's proven more reflection on Notre Dame's defense than it is their actual running. So uh, that's suspect at best. I'm not saying that they suck, but I am saying that uh, I definitely think they got a long way to go uh, in the passing department, especially when they get down. I mean, they're down 14 points right now. How are they going to make it up without a pass game? Uh, when you got, you know, 
basically one quarter left in a couple minutes. Um, even with a pass game, that's pretty difficult to make up and then also pulling the lead on top of that. So um, I, I, I think Notre Dame's a little overrated. Um, they, they're showing no prowess in the quarterback position at all today as well. Uh, their running game's doing really well like it always does. But, um, you know, in the quarterback position, they, they, they have a lot more to work with than I think Louisville does, obviously. But uh, Louisville's going to have their issues. And uh, the next couple of games are going to really point out how the season's going to go, I think. I, I don't think this is a good game to judge Louisville on. Because, no, it's not because, you know, Notre Dame is, you know, a, traditionally they're a decent, you know, they're a good program. They have a rich history in football, right? But, you know, it caught me off guard because, you know, I would just check the score. I saw Louisville and Notre Dame started playing, and it was 7-7. Well, I was like, okay. And then Louisville scored again. It was 14-7. I was like, where where did this come from? Um, but I think, you know, like I said, for – I think for Louisville fans and, you know, they're going to have to temper their expectations because this team is a work in progress and it's going to take, you know, like you think it's going to be about five years, you think? Three to five, yes. And, you know, it's, you know, Kentucky, you know, I harp on this, you know, Kentucky fans, you know, Mark Seuss's first year, they went two and ten. Yeah. And... They stuck around, you know. At first, you know they're probably not happy with them, but last year they pulled off a ten and three season with a, you know, a a damn good ball team, in my opinion. So it's it takes years of development, you know. It may take a while, but you know maybe Satterfield is Louisville's savior. But the point is, we don't know until you give them a chance. And, and I, you know, I told Considering you considering the shambles that the football team was left in, yeah. Uh, you also had Satterfield come out to the press and say some of these players that he inherited were not as good as he was expecting or, or not as talented as he was expecting. Yeah. I think that was a subtle hint that, hey, you know, this is not really my team yet. Not only that, but I don't think you're going to need – you're going to expect great things in the first year for me when this is not – these are not my recruits that I have to work with. And if there's anything, Petrino always had a way of getting really talented guys with no t- with no discipline whatsoever. Uh, whether these guys are going to listen to them, who knows? But um, I think they're having a decent showing against Notre Dame. They're only down 14. Uh, they're driving the ball right now. But you know, we'll see what happens and. And like I said, I, I don't think Notre Dame is a really good way to judge them. Notre Dame is in the same boat as Louisville. They're both playing their first game. They're both uh, a little tight and nervous. And, uh, you know, that, that first game jitters is not really. Now, if they were playing nine games into the season, that would be a little different. But uh, I think yeah. that this game – I think the next couple of games are going to be more important yeah. than this game. And like like you said, you can never really judge a team by the first game of the season. I mean, like, I mean, Kentucky last year they were down to Central Michigan at halftime. Now, obviously, you know, obviously Kentucky would go on and you know handle them in that second half, but you can never really. And you know, they Kentucky went on to win ten games and beat Penn State in a boat uh, the Centrus Bowl. So you can't – it's like judging Louisville last year after the first game uh, when they got killed by Alabama. I mean, not that just sucks to draw Alabama for your first game of the season, right? But for Louisville, you know, the next two games, I believe, are Western Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky. Games that, you know, on paper, they should win. And Western Kentucky just lost to an FCS team again for the second year in a row. And, you know, I don't talk about Western Kentucky that much, but that's another program that they they were good. They were one of the best uh, group of five programs out there uh, when Jeff Brom was there. And then uh, now Western Kentucky has a lot to work to, a lot of work to do. And But anyways, like Louisville's next two games, Western Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky, um, if they definitely want to try to get their season back on track, not back on track, but kind of, 
you know, where we can gauge and see where they're at. You know, these next two games are important for their season because I still, you know, after, you know, this offense for Louisville started out great and everything, but, you know, obviously they, they've struggled from the second quarter on. Um, but going forward for Louisville, like I said, you just, you know, hope for improvement as a Louisville fan. Um try to get better, and I still don't think they're going to win more than three games. Maybe they'll beat Boston College. Maybe they'll beat Wake Forest this year. But, you know, there's still a lot of games where I see them losing. Um, and, you know, they play Miami this year. Um, and I wasn't – that Miami is a, definitely a team we're going to have to get to um, at some point because, you know, I think Miami might be an underrated team. And we'll definitely get into that. But certainly had a good showing against Florida. Yeah, and, and that just goes to show that maybe Florida's maybe not that good. Well, they're, well, they're good. They're just not. They're way overhyped, just as much as Notre Dame and is. And again, um, but at the same time, I, I I see your point. But at the same time, you got to say to yourself, this is the first game, much in the same way that UK's first game last year, where they struggled, you know, in the first half, and then they come on. So. I think a lot of teams, they can't really – if they struggle in that first game, that doesn't necessarily translate that they're going to be a down team this year. And if Florida, by chance, is a down team, go UK. Right. And, uh, well, finding touching uh, – final points on Louisville. Uh, just hope for improvement and see if it's there. Um, you know, my opinion, I don't think – uh, I don't think Juwan passes their guy. Uh, he was given a chance this year, and you know maybe he'll start against Western Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky. Maybe he'll do good against them, but it's just Western Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky. And once they get into ACC play, um, and Malik Cunningham, and he's struggling maybe, and Malik Cunningham is looks like he's ready to go coming back from in, in the injury that he currently has. Uh, I would definitely say give Malik Cunningham a try because. You know, like I said, at some point as a coach, you're going to have to say, I just, you know, I need to do what's best for the team right now. And obviously, if Jawan Pass does not improve, which, you know, like you said, you can't really, it's just the first game and everything. But, you know, obviously, Jawan Pass has not improved. And in the whole offseason, they were talking about that he looks great. But obviously, you know, he's still having troubles. Yeah, I I think after the horrible season they had last year, it's hard uh, having, to, a, having a little bit of a quarterback controversy uh, is not necessarily a bad thing for them. Yeah. They can fill it out and see how it happens and things like that. Yeah. I will say this. If they struggle against either Eastern or Western Kentucky, they're in for a really long season. Much and, like they were last year. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. had a they had a, a tough time against Western last year. Let's just hope the UofL fans will stick with the uh, coach. Yeah. And at least give them a chance to get his players in there. And produce things, you know, I think, and that's why I always told you, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit about how long do you give, how long of a chance do you give a coach? And I I do, I think three to five years is a good, good, good period of time. You know, uh, you, your recruits are juniors and seniors. Um, You know, you have a good chance, you'll get a good idea of what kind of team he can put together and how successful they're going to be. They are in the ACC, which is a really heavy conference filled with a lot of teams, and uh, and, and they can, you know, they're going to have one or two really, really good uh, teams they're going to play a year, but for the most part, you know, they shouldn't struggle too much with it unless you start seeing the rise of Florida State, and like in years past, yeah. and and other teams like that. So, yeah, Florida State hasn't. They gave up a big lead against Boise State this weekend, and you know, Florida State's another team that's just <clears throat> that <laughs> they started out uh, hot against Boise State, and they just they Boise State just came back on them. And you know, I think Florida State has a lot of work to do because it wasn't too long ago where they were number one in the nation uh, in going to national championship games and. Sure. Going to making it to the first couple of playoffs, um, so about, was about five years ago or something like that. Yeah, but like Satterfield is a you know if you want to if a if you're a Louisville fan and you want to look for any positive um, for Louisville this season, 
Satterfield is a very different coach than Petrino. And he's a very different person than Petrino. Uh, uh, Satterfield uh, is a family man, it seems like. Uh, And Petrino, he's, you know, with his mistress on getting in motorcycle accidents and doing interviews where you're, you know, your face is really red and... But you know, anyways. Oh God, Louisville's so. Gr- I'm so glad they cleaned house. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, that's just all you can ask for, especially with the basketball team. They're looking like to be, have a good season uh, this upcoming year for basketball. Yep. Uh, and you know, for fan, you have to give Satterfield a chance. And when you talked about this the uh, the last episode, if you don't give Satterfield a chance, then you're just automatically you're accepting failure. Well, and that doesn't, and you don't have a basic understanding of football. And, you know, there's a hell of a lot more involved. You basically have three type, three teams, you know, your offense, defense, and special teams. And you have 11 people. Sometimes they, there's overlap, of course. But, you know, you, you basically have 33 players you have to manage and, and coalesce together as a team. And that's not something that's going to happen with – uh, you know, a six-month off-season. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. And uh, it takes a lot of work. And not only that, he's working with players who aren't his. You know, how how can you expect a player to come in after Petrino? I mean, any, any type of uh, coach come in after Petrino and be immediately successful, unless it's Alabama's coach. And you know that's not happening. Right. And even then, they might go, you know, six and six or something, you know, play 500 ball or something. But that's even then, you know, your talent can only take you so far. There's got to be a philosophy. There's got to be a system. There's got to be things set up in order for a team to be successful. And I just don't think you can do it in one year. You just can't do it. And uh, And uh, the problem is that, you know, Louisville fans are not used to this such big turnover in a season like this. Maybe the last time was They when... are used to it if they if they if some of their fans have their age in them, I'd say my age and older, they know what that is. I mean, we're going back to the 90s with, you know, Schnellenberger and things like that and after he went and you know, so I think if if you're an older UFL fan, you can understand that. If you're younger, maybe not so much. And, uh, and the problem is this is, uh, you know, football's become a young person's game. I mean, you know, you look at the NFL commercials, they're aiming them at younger people rather than, you know, older. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that I think if you're an older fan, there's no excuse for you not to be patient. But if you're younger, I can kind of understand. I give a little bit of a, you know, excuse for them because they're not used to it. But that's what you learn with experience that, you know, if you watch football for a number of years, you understand the hills and valleys of the game. You know, you understand like this year. And I think, Tyler, I think, you know, uh, you're fairly young. You've understood you're learning how a team can be really good one year. And then there's a drop off because you lose half your defense. You know, and, and, and then there's a buildup from there. Right. We know UK next year is going to be a really solid, dangerous team. I, we can see it yeah, already. I already, I like, I've told you this. I see it happening where 2020 is going to be a huge year for Kentucky. I don't know if it's going to be another 10 win season, but, you know, we have it. It's going to be a tougher schedule. The because, SEC East is anything like this year, it's going to be no problem. Right. You know, uh, and that's something we're gonna get to. Uh, Kentucky, of course, they beat Toledo, uh, thirty-eight to twenty-four on Saturday. Um, but like I said, Louisville fans give Satterfield a chance, and you know, if he doesn't work out after three to five years, and you know, then get rid of him and try something new. Um, you know, we were talking with your brother earlier. I mean, you know, you have to have some type of continuity. Um, for your program, because if it keeps changing and changing and changing, where you're changing coaches, changing changing athletic directors, nothing's going to improve. Nothing's going to get better, right? So, 
um, definitely keep around Satterfield because I think he can, I think he can do some good things, and I hope he does. Because um, I don't want to see Louisville, you know, completely uh, self destruct. But I, I do think if you give him a chance, then you'll be more happy. And if you temper your expectations this season and kind of accept the fact that, uh, hey, we're not gonna, you know, be that good this year, then I think you're gonna be more happy about the season and more content with how things go. Sure. Um, so Kentucky beat. Toledo on Saturday. Um, definitely, uh, that first half was a little bit of first game jitters for Kentucky. I think um, Kentucky, for starters, Kentucky just lost talent, a lot of talent on defense, especially on the secondary. Uh, you lose Josh Allen, which that's not a very, that's a a, a very hard person to try to replace. And you know you lose all your your good secondary players, your experience, all the seniors, um, and obviously right out the gate, Kentucky had problems with their secondary, which that was you know honestly I was expecting that to have problems to ha- um, with the secondary and that them getting smoked and that just the inexperienced guys just looking confused and not acting like they've haven't been out there before, um, and then. You know, they and I was like I said, I was expecting to have problems with the secondary, but it just seemed like in that first half, there were other parts of the defense that were struggling too. And the one thing that we can say about our defense this year, the linebackers look good. We have depth there, and the defensive line looks good as well. And uh, defensive line started looking a lot better towards yeah, the end of the uh, game. I mean, towards towards the like second half. the midway in that second quarter throughout. The defensive line was the, the defensive line was great, and so were the linebackers. Um, both made really big plays, but you know that first half, uh, uh, our defensive line, they, for some whatever reason, we couldn't stop uh, Toledo's quarterback on the run, and that's something that I was expecting. Like, you know, we should be if we can't if we can't stop the pass at least give us a chance to pressure the quarterback and get a sack or, or you know, force the quarterback to, to throw it out of bounds or whatever. And we couldn't do that in the first half, and it really worried me. But, you know, of course, we, you know, uh, we our offense started rolling, which is a good thing because our offense last year wasn't that great other than, you know, he had Benny and Lynn Bowden. Um, but, and then that second half is where our defense started to really pick up. And I was, you know, I saw, I don't know about you, but I did see some potential in our defense and how that really will move on into 2020 because our recruiting class uh, for 2020 is, is, is a top 25 recruiting class. And, you know, I'd like to see how many times Kentucky's had a top 25 recruiting class. And, um, our returning players coming back for 2020, it's it's going to be huge, and um, and I think you know DeAndre Square had a great game with 11 total tackles. He had a he had an interception as well, and so you know for Kentucky's defense, what were your kind of thoughts through um, from the first half on to the into the second half and how they improved and to what parts of the defense other than the secondary do you think what can they work on um i think the main thing uh with the defense and in regard to um how they play especially after i mean the first quarter um you know you can just say that's just you know new season jitters and things like that but the one thing that um i definitely think they can work on is wrapping up the ball uh fumbling i think the the uk team last year was so their defense was uh incredible at creating turnovers and i think that's really the big thing that they need to work on i think they're pretty solid in the lineback position uh boy there's some really um they really started getting to the quarterback in the second half and uh so you know, you get to the quarterback, you sack them, or, you, you know, you penetrate, you get the running back. Let's see some turnovers. If we can improve on that and uh, maybe create some uh, 
some points off turnovers, uh, that would be a big boost for them. You know, UK, the big game coming up that's really going to – we're going to get a good idea how their season's going to go is Florida. Yep. And uh, when they play Florida, if they can improve upon – they're going to have to create some turnovers with Florida. Um, much in, in a similar way, I, Miami played them tough because they shut them down in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, they and weren't you, putting points up. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> um, you could argue that Miami could have won that game sure. had their offense, you know, converted on some chances because the Miami had plenty of chances to score on Florida and win that game. They just, you know, they just, you know, messed up in the moment. Um, and, but like you said, we have a game in a couple weeks against Florida. Um, this weekend they play Eastern Michigan, which Eastern Michigan, they are in the same conference as uh, as Toledo uh, in the MAC 10. But they're not one of – obviously the Eastern Michigan is not one of the best teams. Um, and, and Kentucky should easily – I shouldn't say easily, but Kentucky really shouldn't have a problem with Eastern Michigan. Um, but – you know, we talk about last year. They had that gauntlet of games where they played. Uh, they played Florida, and then they played South Carolina. And South, yeah, South of uh, Mississippi State, Mississippi State, South Carolina, South Carolina, and then Texas. In Texas, A&M. in Texas A and M, they had that stretch where they only lost one game, which was Texas A and M, and that and was you, a heartbreaker and too. You could also argue that Kentucky had their chances in that game as well. Um. And, you know, this year, Kentucky is, while it's not as tough, they do have a similar kind of gauntlet where after Eastern Michigan, they play Florida. Then they play South Carolina. Or it's Mississippi State first and then South Carolina. I can't Mm -hmm. remember. I'd have to look up the schedule. Anyways, there's a gauntlet of games. And while, you know, South Carolina and Mississippi State aren't as good as they have been in previous years, that's still tough because both games are on the road. Plus, it's SEC football, baby. Right. And SEC, if we know anything about SEC football, it's always going to be tough. Yeah. Even Tennessee. Yeah. Even Tennessee, even Arkansas, Mm -hmm. it's always going to be tough. So, the Scotland of Games is really going to show how good this Kentucky team is. And if they can get through it, you know, I would (laughs) maybe, man, like three and two. Yeah. Uh, I would say the uh, Kentucky is setting up for a decent season because after that, I mean, they have Georgia, and then they have a little bit of tough games against Missouri, which you know I got to get to this. I mean, Missouri's not as good as people think. Tennessee is not as good as people thought they were going to be. Uh, uh, South Carolina also lost uh, to North Carolina this weekend. Tennessee as well. might have a coaching problem by the time they get to UK. Yeah, and people uh, <laughs> all off season. You have Tennessee fans. Tennessee fans are the absolute worst. They're talking about how Pruitt was going to lead them to the, you know, he was going to create a new dynasty for the Tennessee team. And you know, Tennessee lost to Georgia Southern. South Carolina lost to North Carolina. Missouri lost to freaking Wyoming. Yeah. When was the last time you heard no. Wyoming do anything? Yeah. So, and Missouri ranked ahead of Kentucky. Tennessee ranked ahead of Kentucky. In the, the Tennessee ahead of Kentucky is a head scratcher. Uh, South Carolina ahead of Kentucky. Missouri ahead of Kentucky. Tennessee ahead of Kentucky. And it's just the amount of disrespect. And I just, you know, we were talking about this with your – brother earlier it's going to take years before Kentucky can finally get some respect um because you know and I think a problem is you know Kentucky's had a lot of years of medi- mediocrity and they can't get over that hump with the media where the media won't look start looking at Kentucky as moving up to that next tier in the SEC I think Kentucky has to win the east before that stops yeah and uh, and a showdown with either LSU, Alabama, you know, something like that, and into the into the SEC championship, boy, that will be nice. But uh, I, you know, I I kind of I know Tyler that uh, 
you know, it, I I know we've talked about it. It's irritating. It definitely is. But it I really kinda is like, irritating. I kind of like being the underdog a little bit here in, in no respect. And I, I definitely think a coach, uh, especially someone as uh, astute as, as Stoops, uh, you know, can use that as a motivating factor too, you know, and to get the players to play and say, look, you know, you're not getting any respect here. Let's go out there and show them what we're all about. And, uh, you know, I definitely think that would be a huge motivation for UK, especially this year. Next year, uh, you know, if we have a good showing this year and then next year we we turn some heads and maybe get over that Georgia hump, you know. Well, I'm not, would, I'm not would, counting anything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what would be nice in 2020 is uh, – going to Auburn and beating Auburn. But, you know, I'm not sure how good Auburn's going to be in 2020. That's yet to be seen. And, first, we got to see how Auburn does this year, right? Um, right. So, you know, 2020 – well, first off, the media for, you know, I, I, I do agree with you. I think that, you know, it's good for Kentucky to be the underdog because that gives them that extra chip on their shoulder. And, you know – media if they don't give them expectations and and you know Kentucky um goes above and beyond for those expectations then they start to turn heads um but you know I I really do think that with the way that Kentucky's recruiting and with all this this talent that they have coming back they're getting experience and you know this year it's going to be a little bit tough on the secondary and um, I think they can improve throughout the season as they get more experience in tough games. But I really do think that with how things are going for this Kentucky football program, that Kentucky is slowly but surely starting to move up to that next tier. Yeah, I would with, agree with that. With, uh, let's see, the Missouris. What's, well, you have the first tier of SEC, which is Georgia – and Alabama, and LSU. You think LSU? Yeah, first I think year? LSU. They they've been consistent enough. You know they do it, and um, and I think I I think Kentucky is, I think they're either a high third tier or a low second tier right now. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, I think the the top of uh you know the I think in order to win the East, they got to be able to beat Georgia. Or at least uh, let Georgia lose enough where UK gets in, okay? And what I mean by that is, you know, Georgia has a really tough season this year. If Kentucky were better and they – they I was shouldn't say better, but if they put up a good season, they could possibly get in even with the loss with, to Georgia. So, um, but with that said, I definitely think that UK is – is definitely on the cusp of something special. It's just a matter of kind of all the things coming together. This is not going to be a team like Alabama where they're dropping 20 people and they're reloading with another 20 uh, top recruits. Right. It's going to take two or three years of building or maybe uh, a good year, a down year, and then a bigger year, you know, kind of – back and forth, hills and valleys. And for people to have the long-term vision to understand that when you drop a lot of players on defense, you're just not going to be as good next year. And no matter who you bring in, and Kevin, my brother, brought up a great point, which is, you know, you have 18-year-old kids in the secondary, 18, 19-year-old kids in the secondary going up against 22, 23-year-old wide receivers, seasoned veterans. Right, they're going to get smoked every single time. Yeah, and and it's just the subtle things and and the learning curve. You know, a lot of high schools when they play play football, it's usually two or three players who are really good, and then they dominate. They do the majority of the scoring, the passing, the rushing, all of that. And when you get to college – Everybody's like that. Everybody's a good high school football player. But college and, is definitely that next level. Yeah, and then, you know, and then not only that, through you have players who've been in the NCAA, seen, you know, played three or four years, 
and they have a ton more experience in seeing incredible talent and going up against it and and how to you know make moves on someone who's faster than you how do how do you adjust your wide receiver game when your cornerback that you're playing is faster than you but maybe you're three or four inches taller you know all these things come in with experience and unfortunately uk has some players in the secondary that just don't have it they may you know in two or three years they might we might be like wow you know they're they're some of the best players in the sec in our secondary you know but i mean no matter how good you are coming out of high school there is a huge learning curve and it's just a matter of a uk fan being uh able to see see that and be patient with it and i think we are i think as uk fans I, I think a lot of UK fans have come to appreciate Stoops and his philosophy and how he's built things, and they're willing to be patient for it. UofL, on the other hand, not sure about. Tennessee, on the other hand, definitely not. See, the problem with Tennessee fans is they want to live in the past so much, and when things don't go right, then they all, and they keep expecting the next year to be better. And the Tennessee, they just don't have the that appeal anymore. Alabama does. You look at Alabama, you look at their facilities, and you think, holy shit, I want to go there if you're in high school. Tennessee, they used to be good in the 90s, but that's weared off. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> after uh, Tennessee lost to Georgia Southern, by the way, it, <laughs> let's, uh, let's well, back up a little bit. So I want to bring up another point. Wyoming, North Carolina, and uh, and Georgia Southern mm-hmm. combined, they uh, averaged three wins last year. Wow! And that's just to show more disrespect towards Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, I I know that we're lose. We lost a lot of talent. I, I'm not stupid. I know that we lost a lot of talent, but I don't think it's so bad to where. We're going to have a complete drop-off and only win four to five games. I still think we're going to be a bowl team just with our schedule alone. And I think you know we'll still have a chance to win a bowl game. And how, mu- how many games we win, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to win eight or nine games. I don't know. But, you know. It basically assumes that our offense will not improve this year, too. Right. And, uh, you know, they're saying, okay, the defense dropped off. And the defense, well, let's face it. Without our defense last year, we probably got six wins. Okay, right. Um, but at the same time, it they're saying, okay, we're losing that great defense, and we got a flawed secondary and things like that. We are playing SEC football, so the secondary is important, but it's not as important as SEC football. You know, if you can get to a quarterback, you can shut down running and things like that your secondary is not necessarily as important in SEC football and, and, and as compared to other conferences. But with that said, you know, just because, you know, you lose a lot on defense and you're basically assuming our offense is going to stay stagnant just like it did last year in a lot of ways in a lot of games, uh, doesn't mean that, you know, we, we, our offense did pretty well. Now, Granted, uh, we're not playing top, a top-tier team this week, but uh, they did show some light in some of their games. They were passing up the middle. Yeah. They gave it to a tight end. Yes. Oh, well, it was uh, two times, <laughs> but still. Yeah, but I mean, that's saying something where last year we had a whole games we didn't pass to a lot tight end. Right. You know, but uh, and and not as many screen passes. Uh, you know, uh, and um, yeah, that's the next thing I did want to talk about was Kentucky's offense. I think it should be better than last year. Um, and I think we, sh- you know, this first game against Toledo, I think that it showed that it can be better than last year. Um, and I saw a comment, and I think it was the best way to kind of explain Terry Wilson. Um, uh, he kind of has training wheels on him. It seems like. And, you know, I gave Terry Wilson the benefit of the doubt last year um, that I thought 
a lot of his the problems that he kind of had was Mark Stoops' fault. Mark Stoops' fault, as in only doing screen pa- screen passes and running, um, giving the ball to Benny. Well, I, and uh, I need to interject something here, and this is something that I've observed myself. Um, Terry Wilson has a vision problem on the field. Okay, so when you have a quarterback that has, uh, you know, they're not looking for that second or third option or at least are hyper-focused on the first option, and then they go to the second and that's it, then you got a huge problem on your hands. You really almost have to put training wheels on a quarterback like that. Now, that's not to say that he can't uh, develop uh, a field vision and things like that and become a better quarterback. But up until then, I think Terry Wilson, I've noticed this, um, and, you know, there there have been some issues with people wide open and he's not seeing them. See, he had a very – he had a 73% clip on yeah. Saturday, which that's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. But, like you said, he's there were still a lot of plays where he missed uh, a wide open Josh Ali, which he uh, – a, a good quarterback – well, a quarterback should be able to make that throw. Yeah. And the fact that he is has – still has problems making those throws is a little bit concerning. Well, and some of it, some of it is, is not even anything to do with his arm. It's about seeing it, recognizing it, and just putting the ball out there. Whether you underthrow, overthrow, uh, if you got a guy wide open, that's not really an issue of getting the ball to him perfectly. You know, you can underthrow it and he can run to it or whatever. It's a matter of seeing it. And, that's the mental part of, of being a quarterback. Um, one, you know, there, there's a lot of mental parts to playing quarterback. One is you can't panic. You can't do it. Even if you see a guy coming down, you got to have good vision. You got to be able to recognize when your first option just isn't working out and you're looking for your second option. You got to be able to pick up on that quicker than what he's been doing. Now, the only way to get the only way to develop that is through playing, you know, and how long it will take him to do it. You know, er, everybody has different aptitudes for things. Some people never develop it. You know, we don't know the, the, the jury's still out on Terry there. And I think if he can recognize, Hey, that's a busted play. Let me go to my secondary. So that's what we were just looking at highlights before this podcast. He, there have been there was a couple plays where he should have known I shouldn't have given uh, handed the ball off to AJ Rose. Yeah, and it got completely busted and they lost multiple yards. I mean, he handed it off. There was a there was a ba- there was a uh, defensive lineman that was already in the secondary and he still handed it off and it was right in front of the guy. You know, he should have known right then and there to fake handoff and try to create something himself. Or uh, a dump pass or something, you know, uh, or just throw it into the f- crowd, you know. <laughs> yeah, just. Uh, but you the know, thing, I think uh, I do think that Terry Wilson is very elusive. Um, I mean, I was looking at some stats last year. He was in the top, I believe, the uh, like top ten in quarterbacks that uh, got most yardage from their being elusive. Yeah, and he was one of the best quarterbacks. Um, as far as getting away from people, and you know he he had nine carries for one yard. Obviously, he had some sacks um, that took away some yardage. But you know, I think they've got to find a way to, you know, and, and another thing is it looks like he has. We another thing we that we noticed when we were watching the highlights is he kind of looks like he has he has a weird throwing motion. Yeah. And I think that may be a problem, and he's underthrowing wide receivers. I think receivers. Stoops recognized it, too, because he did say, you know, they had some things they needed to work on. And maybe uh, for whatever reason, you know, uh, quarterbacks do that. You know, they, they get in um, – they start overthinking things a little bit. They get a little bit of a, a buzz in their head, and they, they think that, uh, you know, man, I, I they, they kind of fall back on ba- bad habits. Right. And that could possibly be. And, again, 
Terry's young. He's, uh, you know, as far as his experience on the field, it's still developing. I definitely think there's definitely some talent there. There, you know, he's a good threat option, especially on the run. Uh, they, uh, the thing that I liked about it is they didn't do it. Uh, the reason he had negative yardage is because he didn't really just, you know, set up a play where he just ran the ball. Right. He was, was definitely uh, he was looking to pass first. Right. And, and, I, and I th- that's a good thing. Yeah. I think that was a, uh, kind of a problem that Lamar Jackson had at Louisville is there was a lot of times when it just seemed like he was uh a, he wants to run first before he wants to pass. And I think that was a I think that was a, a problem with Larry, uh, Lamar, uh with Lamar Jackson as good as he was. But, you know, Terry Wilson, I think, you know, him wanting to pass first is a is a good thing, but I think he can if he can be elusive, I think that's going to be good for Kentucky too because, you know they have a backup now where if Terry gets hurt then that backup's going to be good and I think that backup I think it's it's a it's been a while since Kentucky's had a good backup situation, and I think having Sawyer Smith is a really good thing. Uh, I would like to see Terry Wilson, you know. Be able to make the be be able to make better passes because, you know, on uh, Bryce Oliver's thirty-two yard touchdown pass, that was all Bryce Oliver because Terry Wilson underthrew the heck out of that ball, and you know of, of course we saw Oliver um, able to adjust and make uh, make a really good play at that. So, and then the the big pass yard play to uh, Lynn Bowden. That was also Lynn Bowden adjusting and making a good play off the ball too, so I would like to see Terry Wilson be able to, uh, you know, be able to make a better pass. Um, and I don't think accuracy is the problem. I think he can make a pass. I think he can throw the long ball. We saw it plenty of times last year, and I don't think he has a problem with that. I just think, you know, I think he does have a little bit of a mechanics problem as far as throwing it because, you know. I still think he has it drilled in his head not to uh to not mess up. Yeah. And he wants so bad to, you know, make the right play and I think a lot of the times, you know, it kind of backfires on him. But, you know, with Terry Wilson, I think he's way too good not to improve. Um I'm I'm still sticking with Terry and you you're right. The jury is still out on him as far as how good he can be, but he deserves to be there. He he deserves to start yeah. because you know last year he led him to ten wins. Yep. If you put if you had any other quarterback, could you say that they would have gotten ten wins? Mm-hmm. So, I think Terry Wilson is you know he's our guy, and we have to give him a shot. We can't you know as Kentucky fans we can't just after you know one game we can't you know just poo-poo on him and you know call for the backup to be in and and you know I'll I'm willing to bet that at some point uh if Terry Wilson is not having a good first half then fans are going to be calling for Sawyer Smith to get in there yeah um I'll I'm I'll be willing to bet that happens at least once and and at some point this season um so I think you know Terry Wilson I think overall um I think you could best you know kind of um his game was kind of like he was kind of like a like a game manager quarterback on Saturday where you know he didn't didn't really run he was kind of just in the pocket trying to make the throws and just trying to manage the game um he didn't look like a, a running quarterback he he did to give it to him he did look more poised in the pocket but a lot of that is our offensive line is really good this year and uh, that's something that's good that I noticed is that the offensive line Gave Terry Wilson plenty of time to throw. Yes. So if the offensive line is giving Terry Wilson enough time to throw, then he should be able to make those passes. Yep. Where if a receiver is wide open, make make that pass, dude. Yeah. Hey, I I wanted to interject here. Uh, we got a final on the uh, Notre Dame versus U of L uh, game. It's uh, thirty-five to seventeen. Um, exactly. So the uh, we're talking. Yep. Well, no, the the spread was nineteen. So, pretty close, pretty close. Yeah, pretty 18. close. And uh, uh, you were talking about.
<laughs> so uh, there was some technical difficulties at the uh, at the end of that last little segment. So that's why I kind of cut off and <laughs> stopped recording. So I'm gonna finish this uh, finish this up and uh, I'm gonna floss a little on this one or for the rest of this episode at least. And uh, like uh, what Tim and I were talking about before uh, before uh, the <laughs> Before the episode cut off, um, uh, Notre Dame did beat Louisville, uh, 35-17, and, you know, really, that wasn't surprising to me. I thought Notre Dame would, you know, single-handedly, you know, pretty much beat Louisville, as, you know, I didn't think Louisville was going to improve that much this year, and I just didn't think they are going to put up a fight against Notre Dame, and that's where I was kind of wrong. I mean, to be fair, Louisville did put up a fight, and, um, for the most part, and, you know that first quarter they can't they started out with a bang uh they fought back and it was 14 to 14 at the end of the first quarter and you know I was like you know it's just the first quarter I don't know how this is going to end up but you know of course Notre Dame wins and you know there are a lot of things to take away from this game I mean you could you could you know very easily make the argument that uh that Louisville could have won and you know there are a lot of missed opportunities uh it was, when it was tied fourteen to fourteen, Louisville, Louisville fumbled it a couple times. Uh, it was twenty one to fourteen. Louisville fumbled it at the Notre. It was in I just it was in Notre Dame territory, or and Louisville fumbled it again. So I mean, it's just blown opportunities for Louisville where they did have chances to at least you know you know I'm not going to say where they've you know won where they could have won the game where at least they you know could have stayed in and not been behind and. The, Point of, they had plenty of opportunities for that, and <clears throat> so and things to really take away is you know, <laughs> you know we saw this last year they put in Juwan Pass they thought that he could be the successor to you know the the reign of Lamar Jackson uh, Puma Pass was going to be their guy, obviously you know last year things didn't end up well with 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 Bobby Petrino. And, you know, uh, Puma Pass did not have a good year. He, you know, I said earlier in this episode, he only threw eight touchdowns versus 12 interceptions, and that's not good at all. And he didn't even complete at least 60% of his passes. He completed well uh, below that. So, you know, Simmons from last year, and then, you know, he had a good start to this game. Uh, He had a couple of uh, running touchdowns to start off with. But at the end of the day, I mean... He, to me, Louisville, uh, Puma Pass is not Louisville's guy. Um, I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's Millie Cunningham. I don't know if it's freshman Evan Conley. Um, You know, Evan Conley, even then, has a lot of work to do as a freshman. But, you know, I don't know who um, Louisville's guy is. I just, you know, to me, I don't know. I just don't think that it's uh, Puma Pass. And, you know, he's had plenty of opportunities and he just hasn't um, converted on him, and and he like in this Notre Dame game he had plenty of chances, and he didn't convert. <clears throat> so, you know, I mean, Louisville plays the next two games. It's either Western Kentucky, then Eastern Kentucky, or Eastern Kentucky and then Western. Um, I don't know which order it is, but I just I think that's the the next two games they play. Um, you know, on paper they should they should definitely win those, but. Um, you know, with Western Kentucky, you don't know, and, um, but in Eastern Kentucky, Louisville should beat them, but, um, even last year, Louisville had problems with Indiana State, (laughs) so we'll definitely have to see with that, and, you know, Louisville, you know, and we talk about this, in order for them to get better, they have to, you know, be able to, um, follow Satterfield and give them a chance to develop these players, I mean, if you don't give them a chance, then, you know you're automatically setting yourself up for failure, and you're not. You're just going to be unhappy for the rest of your uh, for the rest of the time that you're a Louisville fan, or you know, uh, whatever life you have left. And if you're a Louisville fan, you're just going to keep setting yourself up to be unhappy if you keep expecting um, the best from Louisville year in year out. And that, <coughs> uh, Kentucky's had you know years of mediocrity, um, and I said this earlier. Uh, you know, Kentucky fans, you know, while they may not, have, may not have been happy at first, they gave Stoops a chance, and last year they had 10 wins. So if, you know, and, you know, I know Louisville fans are not used to having two intense seasons and not being that good. And um, I think, you know, 
you have to be willing to give Satterfield a chance. I mean, you know, 35-17, you know, seems bad, but it's closer than people think. And I'll give that to Louisville, too. Um, you know, but take away that, you know, take away that first quarter, Notre Dame outplayed Louisville. And, you know, don't get me wrong, Notre Dame is not this power. They're not this, you know, dominant team. They have Notre Dame, Notre Dame has flaws, and they didn't look like the best team in the world at all. So, um, you get it. the game was closer than people think, um, but they still did beat Louisville by 18 points. So, we'll, we'll definitely have to see for this Louisville team. I mean, um, and another thing, try to spend a positive take on this Louisville fought, you know. Uh, Louisville had a lot of rushing yards. They had over uh, 240 rushing yards, and that was led by uh, Javion uh, Hawkins, who, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised. He had 71 rushing yards in that first quarter, and they didn't really use him in that second quarter. Uh, But, you know, he ended up having 19 carries for 122 yards, and um, that's really good. He had a great game. Uh, Hassan Hall had added 69 yards, and Jawan Pass did add um, 67 yards to, to that. Um, but Louisville's rushing game was really good, and that's Satterfield's kind of um, mo was that um, <coughs> that's kind of Satterfield's mo is that uh, you know he's more of a rushing coach. Um, he likes the running game more than he does uh, uh, the passing. So that's good. You know he, he did was they were able to establish a rushing game which they didn't really do a lot last year. Um, so, rushing game looked good. Passing game looked awful. Um, like I said, Jawan Pass is not their guy. I don't know who is. I just know that it's not... Uh, I just know it's not Jawan Pass. So, you know, we'll see how Jawan Pass does do, do though, against uh, Western Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky. We'll see if he can improve... If he improves um, right on that hot hand, if he does good in both of those games, we'll see. Um, if he doesn't, give shots to Malik Cunningham if he's healthy. Maybe even give shots to Evan Conley. But <coughs> we will see. Um, you know, I think Louisville fans just, you know, try to temper their expectations and so that they won't, they're not unhappy. So, yep, Notre Dame beats Louisville, 35-17. And uh, to go back to Terry Wilson, what we were talking about, you know, offensive line is really good this year for Kentucky. And they, you know, if Terry Wilson's given time, they should be able to make those plays. And um, it's kind of troubling if he doesn't, but I think he'll get better. He's way too good not to improve at all. So, um, definitely look for him to get better. I'm excited for Terry Wilson. He's still my guy until something happens, until he until he proves otherwise, and we put in Sawyer Smith or Amari Kilmore or whatever. So, we'll definitely see with that. And I do think that, you know, Kentucky, you know, if this offense stays consistent, they could very well be an 8-9 to nine win team. Um, I, say, I think there's overrated teams in the SEC East. I don't think South Carolina's that good. They, I mean, their quarterback just got hurt. So they're playing a true freshman, and, you know, you never know how it's going to go with true freshmen. Um, But I think South Carolina, they got ranked ahead of Kentucky, like I said, not that good. Um, Tennessee, they lost to Georgia Southern. Don't think they're that good. Missouri lost to Wyoming. You know, Kelly Bryant did have a hell of a game versus uh, Wyoming, but, um, you know, you look at the rest of the team, their defense couldn't stop them. So I think, you know, Kentucky could beat all those teams. And, um, you know, and like I said, Kentucky could be an 8-9 to win team this year, depending on, I think that is contingent on their offense being um, consistent. And if their offense is consistent and, you know, Terry Wilson's not making terrible plays, then I think it's going to be really, I think we're looking for a good season for Kentucky. I really do. And, you know, uh, some, uh, the, the wide receivers look great in that game. And that's not something you could really say for Kentucky is that you say, hey, <clears throat> our wide receivers are good. And uh, uh, running backs look great as well. Uh, I was especially impressed with Kavazier Smoke. Um, he had seven carries for 78 yards and added a touchdown. 
That dude's a beast, and I think he's going to help us out a lot this year. Um, Chris Rodriguez had a good game, five carries, 34 yards. And uh, A.J. Rose didn't have that too bad of a game either. So, <laughs> I do like the idea of a three-headed rushing attack. Um, I don't think a lot of people are on board for that, but I am. I like the three-headed rushing attack. I like having three different sets of running backs who are, you know, very different in their own right. Um, to get the uh, opposing team's defense kind of on the edge and where you don't know what to expect. and um, Three different running backs, I think that's really cool. All of our wide receivers look great. Um, Lynn Bolton made a great, pat, uh, great catch. Um, Bryce Oliver made a great catch. And... Um, <clears throat> And uh, Avon Wagner is going to be a starter next year or next uh, the game against Eastern Michigan. I mean, Avon Matt Wagner is a beast, a big six five guy. Um, so I'm glad he's starting. I think he's going to be really good for this this, uh, this year. Um, so you know, I think for the most part, Kentucky's offense look great. If they stay consistent, we're looking to be um, an eight eight to nine win team. And you know, I definitely think that Kentucky. Um, <clears throat> I definitely think that Kentucky is looking for um I think Kentucky uh is can have a really good season and that's going to lead to 2020. It's like we were talking about uh Kentucky's uh rec- the recruiting's great. Um we got we just got something we didn't really mention on this uh today's episode is that um uh Kentucky got a transfer from LSU and Kelvin Joseph who was a top 50 player and you know Kentucky doesn't get players like that. Um, and he's going to be playing quarterback. He's a defensive back. So to add his experience and to add, you know, these younger players this year who are going to get more experience and be re- more ready for 2020, I think 2020 is going to be great. And I think if we can, you know, if we can escape through the problems that the secondary is going to have this year, if we can get through this season with eight wins or, you know, at least seven wins with good a good win maybe against a team like Florida or something. Or we beat South Carolina and Mississippi State at their place. Seven to eight wins or possibility of nine. Uh, I think 2020 is looking for a great, a great year. Um, I'm not going to quite say that it's going to be as good as it was last year. But it could be very damn near close. And that's just my opinion. I think that 2020 is going to be awesome. Um, and that's that's a year I'm going to be looking down to. Um, counting down to is because, you know, they... <clears throat> uh, the the schedule does get a little tough and uh in a later episode uh Tim and I are gonna kinda um talk about the schedule for twenty twenty as they already released it and everything. But we do play a game against uh, at Auburn and that's gonna be a tougher game as our uh as a SEC West opponent. So that's gonna be tough, but you know, there shouldn't be a reason why we can't win it, especially with the team we have coming in. So, you know, if Kentucky plays well, um for the most part of the season, the offense stays on above ground, stays consistent, move the ball, able to move the ball. They don't get caught in a log jam. They're not stagnant. I think, you know, this could be a high-powered offense, and I think this could definitely lead to a to nine win, uh, uh, game-win season. Um, and, you know, we just have to see, man. I mean, I don't uh, – and I don't know what bow we're going to get this year. It, it really depends on who we beat and how many games we win. Um, right now, we're slated for the Belk Bowl. Um, obviously, that's going to change. But, you know, as as a UK fan, there's a lot to be happy for, guys. Um, and there's going to be problems, especially on the secondary. There, We lost a lot on defense, um, more, you know, specifically the secondary. Lost our best, best set of guys in a long time. Um, so, I think there can be, you know, I've said this, there could be success this season. Um, and there's definitely reasons to be happy. And, you know, I said this for Louisville, I'll say it for UK. Uh, temper your expectations, man. And if, um, if you're expecting Kentucky to be you know, win 11 games um, and beat Georgia, then you're just setting yourself to be unhappy because it's just not going to happen, especially the talent that we lost. And, you know, it, it, our talent, you know, 
We lost a lot of talent. I just, you know, I don't think it's going to be so bad where we fall off the face of the earth. But it's just not where we were last year. But I think it can get back, can be, get back there. And just temporary expectations and, you know, just understand, you know, the secondary is going to struggle. And, you know, it's really going to be, um, we're really going to see the flaws when we as, uh, play a team that likes to pass a lot. So, um, that's just, I just wanted to, you know, uh, you know, start off by saying, uh, you know, there's a lot to be happy about. Um, don't give up on Kentucky, man. Um, if they go through some growing pains with these freshmen or these younger players, so be it. Stick with them. They'll get better. Um, Josh Allen came in as a two-star, developing to a, um, a seventh, uh, the seventh pick in the NFL draft. So these guys can get better, <coughs> and I think they will. Uh, obviously, because I think uh, Mark Stoops is a good developer. So um, I'm signing off now. Um, it's almost I think it's past midnight. Uh, so. I'm Tyler Goff, and uh, thank you for joining me and Tim in the man in the man cave. Just want to thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. And if you want to follow us on our social media, you can find us on our Facebook page at Man Cave Sports Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Man Cave Sports Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Man Cave Podcast. We're uploading stuff every single day. You should definitely check it out. And again, thank you guys so much for stopping by.